Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box Channel 7's Big Sell, The Bachelorette hits a record low and Foxtel's failure to launch. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, lovers, and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box podcast. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Benjamin J. Norris is here. That's his handle on Twitter. We know him as just Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi. Hi, everyone. This is so exciting. I've never in the history, and do you know what? Interestingly enough, Malk, I got tagged in a post from last year. So mm-hmm. I've been doing this podcast for 12 months as of this wow. one. So, and I've never been referred to first. I've nearly always been last. Uh, so this is a way of celebrating, right, Rob? Yeah, and it'll never happen again. <laughs> Malk is with us. Hello, Steve. Malk, how are you? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. What's podcasting etiquette or whether we're... Hello, Rob. Good evening. Hello, everyone else. Some excellent bodies joining yourself, Ben and I, on tonight's podcast for all the televisual talking. Indeed, David Robinson is back again. Hello, Robbo. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you. Love television. It flows through my veins. If you cut me, it would spill out colour bars. And the lovely Joe Casamento is with us as well. Oh, good evening, fellas. Thanks for having me. And you know what brings this whole family together? You can find at some point during the week (laughs) every one of us on the Ben Robin Robbo show. Streaming live across the world Monday to Thursday on Ticker TV and at facebook.com slash BRR show. Anyway, that's enough of that. There's a lot to get through today. And our first section is going to focus on this because Seven has come out of the gate last in the commercial TV upfront but it was sure worth the wait. The network delivered a confident presentation which included this speech from CEO James Warburton. I was brutally honest when I stood in front of you 12 months ago. Our plans were solid and content-led. We were going to shake up our content offering after losing our way. We were investing in content to lead us back. And then, a summer dominated by horrific bushfires. And then COVID. There isn't one Australian... Not one business, customer, client or family who hasn't been affected. For us, we thought our new tentpole programming strategy would take six months to come to fruition. That was our forecast, but it's not what happened. We had to delay the filming of our longest-running drama in Seven's history, Home and Away. We weren't expecting to lose the AFL for eight weeks, and we weren't expecting an Olympiad without the Olympics and the Paralympics. Nor were we expecting to delay the shooting of Holy Moly for six months, and we lost Australia's Got Talent altogether, and it should be on air right now. COVID didn't single us out, but it is sure as hell affected us more than our competitors. 
But if anything, COVID accelerated Seven's transformation. We've become more efficient in our cost base to allow us to invest more in content. We've embarked on significant asset sales to reduce our debt, and we have three active processes in market which could further reduce our debt by Christmas. The eight banks who own the debt all amended and extended our facilities to allow us the time to transform. Let me assure you, from a company standpoint, we're in good shape. If you read differently, perhaps take a closer look at who owns the publication that's obsessed with writing about us. Where there were gaps between what we promised and what we delivered, we made it right by giving you what we guaranteed back in value. That's important to us, and I know Kurt and Nat and the sales team are proactive and make it right every time with our clients. We truly believe we are better together. One of the most talked about issues involving our company this year is our ongoing process with Cricket Australia. To be 100% clear, we love the cricket. We have a huge amount of respect for the teams and for the athletes. Ultimately, we pay for media rights to deliver you the quality and eyeballs that best serve your needs and which deliver a return on your investment. We paid for and expect a first-class product and will hold Cricket Australia accountable to provide that quality this summer, even if it means at times we're outspoken. But Seven isn't just investing in sport. Our new content-led growth strategy of outsourcing known and tried international formats kicked in mid-year and things started to change. From almost five share points down in the first half to almost three points up in the second half. And the resurgence was led by Big Brother, coupled with the return of the AFL. Big Brother was a runaway success from the get-go. We followed Big Brother with Pharma, and it's been too long since Seven launched back-to-back -back hits. So amongst all the pain of this year, we delivered for our clients. We promised younger demos, but after Q1 and Q2, we were behind in 2554s and 16-39s. In fact, in 2554s, we trailed by over eight share points. But since the mid-year shake-up led by Big Brother and Pharma, we lead every demographic. We're in front in 2554s and by a massive 5.4 points in 16-39s. I'll say it again. Since June, we lead every demo. The network announced its programming lineup, which includes two Olympic game telecasts within eight months of each other and the return of Australian Idol in 2022. And programmer Angus Ross told me there's still one more big announcement to come. Joe, this felt like a very confident presentation. It sure was, Rob. He was really brimming with confidence. And it, it, I felt like this upfront really packed a punch, if I'm being honest. I know Malk is, is steaming and frothing at the mouth there about <laughs> some of the numbers that James Warburton was talking about. But I do have to say, Warburton's always been very honest. And I think he was, you know, he never shies away from some of the challenges and disappointments that they have had at the network no. um, in the past. And he admitted all of that in what we've just heard and that the first half of the year was a, a bit of a disaster. But he said, don't bet us, I think, at the end. And, and I think I probably have to say I wouldn't bet against them right now, given that they um, announced, what, five of the world's biggest brands. I mean, I am a little bit concerned. I mean, we're talking Big Brother, what else, AGT, The Voice, Voice. Farmer Wants a Wife, um, and Idol. there was another one. And I, how can I forget, the granddaddy of all uh, talent shows, Australian Idol. So uh, amazing lineup there on Trident Test 
tested formulas, although three, is it, talent shows in amongst that? Mm. I don't know whether audiences will fatigue of that. But that's in 2022, and I reckon the weakest of The Voice or Australia's Got Talent will fall by the wayside to make way for Australian Idol. Okay, and it really is the original and and the best in my eyes, um, Australian Idol. But I think with Seven, what they did here, and I I have to say I was also impressed with Nine and Ten's upfronts, given the scenario that the television industry has found itself in. But I think what Seven did slightly differently was possibly uh, show a pathway to moving forward in a business plan sense uh, more than the others did, I think, for advertisers and to show um, sort of safety within the brand. They talked a lot about how they were going to integrate it all with um, the social media you know, how how to make it all work and it wasn't just um, about what shows they were putting on. I thought they they were onto a winner from what I, from what I saw. The, the, the problem, and I really want to know what you guys think, I've always found that Seven as a network has always over-edited and over-produced any kind of big show that they've had. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Australia's Got Talent, uh, you know, or, you know, pop stars, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. They, they, they seem to have this... this this habit or this need to overproduce everything. The the applause cuts off a bit early or it starts too early. That's always been a big um, stickler for me when it comes to Seven's big shiny four shows. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, Malk, like, have you ever felt that with Seven? Very occasionally, Robbo, that works, though. Depending on the format, depending on, you know, the context that they're doing it, how they're trying to differentiate their version of that format from everybody else's, that that can play as an advantage. It can also really make it stand out as a bit of a stinker, right? Mm. My, my, one of my concerns, one of my many concerns about everything that we just heard from James Warburton, let alone the, the question on the formats, is that they've done a half 10 with the Viacom CBS bit on the side. And that is that they've gone really strong on nostalgic brands, mm. um, even down to the point of, let's call it picking up the voice as nine cast it aside, reinvigorating Australian Island. I appreciate Rob 2022 when it lands. Great. Let's see how it goes. It will still bleed into this 18 to 24 month melange of two Olympic games plus mm. then three or four, um, you know, versions of some kind of singing show. Um, it's it's a big ask to get an audience to commit to so many similar formats in and around all of that. And to be frank, while the Winter Olympics will be fun, Australia doesn't care for them as much, anywhere near as the Summer Olympics. But we're getting to, like, the Winter Olympics. It's still an it's event, not as big, of yes. course. But the thing that... Um, is interesting to me, and I know you'll probably argue against this, <laughs> is when they talk about how they've gone since June, it's actually really impressive. You know, like they've had three big launches that have been successful. Yep. Now, obviously, when we look back at the year, we're going to say it's the whole year. Yep. But you can't dispute the turnaround since June. Mate, I, I can tell you that in the last indeterminate period, I've lost 15,000 kilos. I mean, argue against me, right? It's depending on how you slice and dice the numbers allows you to pitch and sell any kind of success that you want. Breaking news, I haven't lost 15,000 kilos. No, I understand Um, that, Mulk, but they're making the point we didn't get Q1 right. Yes. Okay, they're they're being open and honest about that. And they've cancelled My Kitchen Rules and House Rules. Yes. But when they talk about the formats that they've launched this year from June... It's been success ride. It's been a successful 
Right. And 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 look, they have had a, a very successful Q3, far more so than I would say probably their last three or four years. And mm. I put to you, in no small part, that's because the AFL has been on television. Now, yes, Farmer did great. SAS has really kind of come out of the blocks a bit, though I will offer that episode three airing while we record is up against a room reveal of the block. And by my guesses, it's going to be thrashed. Um, well, we don't know that. That's a guess. And it's well, and what's also adding to that is it's Sands Corby. I'll, I'll so, leave my reputation on it. It's going to get thrashed. Um, now, by at least three to four hundred, <sighs> at least three to four hundred thousand viewers, at least. Um, in the midst of this, though, sorry, I, w- I want to get that clear. You're saying the block will beat SAS Australia by three to four hundred thousand viewers. Correct. Ooh, big call. That is nationally a big call. or metro. Oh, five city metro. Wow. The challenge particularly, Rob, while they did have a great Q3, is that to just talk about your numbers since then, as if you can wash away what happened in Q1 and Q2, it's not a thing. When we talk about numbers... No, it's numbers, not, but aren't they also year, saying that year for the whole year they've actually mm-hmm. caught up to nine as well? Uh, w- weeks one... Correct. As going into this week, which is, I think, week 35, if I've got my ratings numbers correct, the one that we're in right now, um, it is 17 weeks apiece. Now, I can tell you last year, seven weren't counting weeks. They were counting every number, every day, all rounded out to a specific percentage. They weren't counting weeks because they were way off on weeks. That This close is awesome. However, the things that work against them for the next four weeks that we'll see them lose and will be enough for them to lose the year on weeks hmm. are four games of rugby league. The grand final that happened last night, the start of week 35, and then the three state of origin games that will see Channel 9 win the week off the back of them alone, they're done. They can't win the year based on the fact that those four games existed. Mm. So that, it's yeah, awesome I, that they got I agree with you on it's that. It's really great that that happened. I think it is disingenuous to talk about since June we've done this. Yes, you have, but it, the spin and the emphasis they put on it makes it sound like, look at us, we're now at this. No, in this short period of time, this is our ratings. But when you add it into the overall year, we're still competitive. We're close. We're just ahead on this one. Or actually, we're behind. Sure, but what I take away from that, Mulk, is the idea that they are on a turnaround. They are. They knew they were in a bad place. They've had some failures this year, Mm -hmm. and they're now saying what you saw from June is our strategy, and and that is what we're doing. And we can already show we're getting the runs on the boards with that strategy. And the the challenge that I would have thought Warburton particularly would have learnt from his upfronts last year is don't stick your dick out and say, we're going to turn things around like this with all of these numbers. Because he couldn't predict COVID 100%. All it meant is that every advertiser had ringing in their ears these massive claims out of September 2019 of where seven are going to be now and they're not there now. Sure. I like the fact he sticks it out there and puts it on the line. You know, all the time we saw those shows, it said expected audience growth, uh, you know, this percent, that percent. They're actually saying to the advertisers, these are our goals. If we don't get there, we will make it up to you. Warburton said that very clearly. Ben, what is your big feeling about Channel 7? I think James Warburton 
is serving a nostalgic pizza. He's got all the trimmings, all the toppings. Nostalgic pizza. Actually, copyright that format. We're taking that. Nostalgic pizza. Mock, are we going to do that as a separate podcast? Yeah, we'll sell that to seven. That's what we will do. (laughs) Anyway, it just, to me, was really well done. He shoved it in the oven, and I'm not like Mock. I don't know the stats. I don't remember last year's stats, but I think it sounds fantastic. Uh, I'm shocked that, and, you know, Rob, we talked about this, is that the year prior with them announcing Big Brother, we would never have expected 12 months later that that would be the... It was the basis it was of the their base. presentation. It was the dough for the pizza. It was the dough for the pizza. Now, Big Brother shouldn't be that. You know, it shouldn't have been that because, you know, for a lot of people, they were like, this Big Brother thing's not going to work. And then not only did it kind of work for them, it did something that Channel 9 never did with Big Brother, and that is with my series. They launched it without social media strategies, and social media wasn't what it is now. And so by having Big Brother be launched now in a time where we cannot access the younger demographics, they managed to engage, and they did it so well bringing in their numbers and rounding it out. And then now... Now, trying something like this, James did say this to a lot of people. So he did say that he was going to base his whole thing on nostalgia. So I'm not surprised he's picked up all these other formats, you know. And and I also just would like to finally add uh, nothing to do with a pizza. But I've been told that The Voice is only one season. And the smart move about this is that they will do The Voice, they'll see how it goes, but they're not going to pay the licensing for The Voice. They don't want to hand over that money. They've got Australian Idol ready to go. So... Is the Mariah rumour true? Well, I had a very long conversation with someone who is very much in the know and they said to me off the record, uh, you know, don't want this on the TV black box, but it's not happening. <laughs> but it's what? I missed it's that. Not the, the, it's oh, not it's happening. Oh, it's not happening. No. Oh, I tune in to but, see a messy Mariah. From what they were saying, would. though, is that Seven are going to dine <laughs> out on the fact that they don't want to answer it at this stage. They don't want to say oh, no. Course. So they're going to just let that hang oh. out there. Like what Every mo- rumour. Every rumour yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, look, no, no. I, I do have to step up and say... I said that Ricky Lee Coulter would be a judge on The Voice. She's not. Ben, you have set me straight. What Uh is she doing? She is doing Australia's Got Talent, but she's also going to be back doing um, um, Australian Idol the year after. So that's the double deal that Mm. she's going to be a part of, which now makes sense. Uh, Ben, in this excellent uh, pizza metaphor that you've just been working through Uh on Channel 7, what's the pineapple? Uh, ooh, I think that the pineapple is actually going to be, and now I can't, Rob, please help me out. It's the one where they do the tag. It's ultimate tag. It's going to be mm. ultimate ah. tag. And that is because it isn't going to be for everybody, but neither is pineapple on the pizza. But for those who love pineapple, they are going to freaking love it. Yeah, okay. that's the weakest of the link in my book. Ultimate I'll, throw, tag. I'll throw you Look a good, spanner. Though. My daughter works at Domino's and last night they introduced a butter chicken pizza. <gasps> What? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am 100% in. In fact, TV Black Box bringing you all the pizza news you can use. So, 7 in 2021, let's wrap this up. Yep. It's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Ben. It's a thumbs up. Robbo. Thumbs down. Joe. Me. Thumbs up. Icing on the cake, the Academy Awards. Mm. Mug. It's an Olympic year. It's, it's five rings up. 
<laughs> and as the network that delivered the best upfronts of the year, I'm giving them a thumbs up. Wow, that is a big call, McKnight. <laughs> okay, the big TV stories are coming up, including Seven for Sale. Big news that Kerry Stokes is looking to offload his media empire. We'll dissect week 43 ratings, and Ben will have the juiciest cost with the TV Black Vault. Well, some big news this week with the SMH reporting Seven West Media Chairman Kerry Stokes held talks with Channel 10's parent company Viacom CBS about merging the two companies. The report says Mr Stokes contacted Viacom CBS boss Bob Backish and the pair arranged a meeting to discuss what a merged company might look like. The talks apparently fell over because they decided it was an impossible task. Robbo, with diminishing audiences, is there room for three commercial broadcasters in this country any longer? Can I say to you, though, Rob, and to everyone, was there ever a time where there was, uh, you know, space for three broadcasters in Australia? Uh, Ten has been the eternal uh, third broadcaster pretty much since it's since it began. Um, it's always been really a race between seven and nine. Yeah, um, but Ten had a business model when it focused yeah. on eighteen to forty-nine. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why. That's why I said most of the time, not all of the time. So mm-hmm. when when that was discovered and did and and they went for that demographic, they were fantastic. Nine hundred two one zero Melrose. All of those kind of things, absolutely fantastic, absolutely profitable. No worries at all. But let's 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 look at that though. That is a small part of the entire life of Channel Ten in this country. It has always been number three. So much so that the 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 very culture of the network was third is okay. It's okay to be third, and that that has been around for many 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 Mm. many years. Yes, this would be very interesting to see, only because uh, Seven's got a lot of debt. Um, Mm. Ten was acquired by CBS because it had a lot of debt. They also had debt to other distributors example fox um we don't know now because it's uh, it's it's a company that out of here that they don't need to tell us exactly all of their finances so although the cbs financial report last year showed that 10 had a loss of 226 million now just forgive me for one moment i was going to do a pregnant pause but i'm worried about doing that with all these people because they think (laughs) i've stopped talking but here we go in three two 
Well, shock me, shock me, shock me that uh, <laughs> 10, uh, 10 uh, suffered a loss. But, but, but my point being, though, is, is th- there's still seven that has a lot of debt as well. Could this happen? Yes, probably. You've got to remember, though, Rob, that this is exactly the thing that uh, Kevin Rudd is going against, and that is that, that concentration of media in this country. He's talking about News Corp and, and how they own so many papers and things like that. This would surely then have to fall under, uh, you know, his, his spectrum of w- what he's worried about because it would mean that CBS Viacom would own two massive networks, two national networks across the country. Now, well, the surely that would also fall into that. that um, Stokes didn't see that as a problem because he has a lot of connections in Canberra. But the simple fact is that the media landscape is in trouble and without um, companies coming together, like this is a this is a real blue sky idea, you know. Mm. It's obviously Stokes throwing something out there and seeing if it'll stick. But, Malk, um, I think the media landscape has always been able to maintain three commercial broadcasters, but now I'm not so sure it can. Yeah, and, and I the same, Rob. Uh, I think that particularly the last probably three to five years have really started to show the cracks in in that yeah. broadcast television industry, not in, in media broadly. I think that the different parts of it have diversified. I still say radio is dead, but people shout me down. Um, and, and just to quickly hark back to what Robbo was suggesting, that the, the challenge around the media ownership stuff is if, hypothetically, Viacom CBS did or had bought seven, they only inherited one paper and no radio channels, no radio networks. Whereas the, the counterpoint is that news own Foxtel, they own all the newspapers, they own all sorts of things. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Kevin Rudd isn't dictating what the um, laws of Australia are. He's got a very successful petition out, which is a very big anti-Murdoch petition. And that's the but key. But the fact is that... He is talking about the media ownership laws, though, that um, a lot of Labor think that it should never have ha- have happened. Um, that's what he's also talking about. Obviously, he's going after News Corp, but he's also talking about the fact that you know you, we don't want a concentrated media landscape where only one or two people own the entire entire media landscape. To try Understand and bring this that. back, because I appreciate that this conversation wasn't about Kevin Rudd, a uh, politician, and his anti-Murdoch rant, which it's Sorry. pretty reasonable. That's right, it is. I, I get the connection. There's no guarantee had it happened that 7 and 10 would have both survived. Um, it, I would have thought if Viacom CBS bought 7, one of them wouldn't exist for too much longer. It would have been very direct merger territory. Yeah, we've got to be clear on something. It wasn't a buyer, it was a merger, but what the author of the report is saying that it's leading to big indications that Stokes wants out yes. of seven, and that's the real critical part in this. And I'm uh, you, you raised it before, in fact, Robbo, the, com- the conversation that uh, seven owe a fair chunk of money, and James, in fact, James Warburton said so himself in that intro that we heard before. They owe some cash and very generously, as much as COVID conditions and the rest of it, the banks have extended some of the deadlines and and things for some of those payments that are due. Um, I then find it interesting, while I appreciate business is business and all of the rest of it, Seven are not being as generous with Cricket Australia um, around the the nature of their contract 
where because of COVID, they can't deliver the thing, yet it's okay for the banks to give seven a break, but it's not cool for seven to give Cricket Australia a break. I'm not suggesting that they don't need to work it out, but seven just going hardball on Cricket Australia because they can't physically can't deliver the games that they were promised because hello COVID, um, and then bitching and moaning about it. I mean, they went pretty quickly to the table with the AFL to work stuff out because they both needed each other. Okay, let's turn our attention to the ratings race in the nighttime grand final delivered a bonanza for Channel 7 with 3.812 million people nationally and 2.979 million metro. That helped 7 secure the week with a 35.1% network share. 7 was also the number one primary channel with a 27.3% share. 7 won the key demos in 25 to 54s and 16 to 39s. 7 and 9 are now level on 17 weekly wins on the 2020 rating survey. 10 finished the week in fourth place again and is struggling to keep its primary channel share above 10%. In better news for 10 though, 10 Bold was the number one multi-channel. Episode 1 of SAS Australia was the most watched program on BVOD with 204,000. SAS was a hit as 7 finally found a program capable of defeating the block. The breakfast battle heated up with today defeating Sunrise on the east coast and 10 continues to flounder with a primetime franchise hitting a new record low. Wednesday night's episode of The Bachelorette sunk to the lowest Metro rating in the program's history. Possibly more frustrating for 10 is the fact the average viewer age is now sitting at 42. Ben, why is The Bachelorette off the boil? Because they cast two girls who are really lovely and they're lovely girls that, you know, I mean, I'd walk past them at a pub, but that's because they got the wrong plumbing for me. But you'd walk past (laughs) them at the pub because they're kind of really beige. Like, they're really lovely. Like, they're those types of people that one day, Joe, you'd remember these girls at school. You think, oh, I'd love to have a school reunion so I could catch up with those two girls. They were so nice at school. And then you get there to the reunion. Oh, the names are uh, Bethany and Julianne. And you're like, you get there at school and you're like, hi, Bethany. Hi, Julianne. How have you been? And then literally 30 seconds into it, you're like this. Do you know what, though? Can I say I am falling to stereotype? Because what did you just say? The average age is what? Because 42. I am loving The Bachelorette. So, that's <laughs> so many tragic things about me. But I am watching it with my 14-year-old who is loving it as well. So, oh, thank God there's uh, two of them. We yes. found them. We got a leader. They are the viewers. <laughs> I was actually listening in for the stats. Um, so, look, I think the, boy, the group of boys this year are really not. Maybe that's the problem. The group of boys are really nice. They're not fighting. There's no cat fighting in the house. You know, there's no bitchiness. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And also fatigue. I mean, they've just run these bachelors and bachelorettes back to back. We can't have so much dating in in one. We called it, though. Can I just say, TV Black Box, we talked about it. We heard these two girls were coming up. It was supposed to be uh, Shana Burgess. And Shana Burgess, you know, she cooked herself by thinking she was going to be on The Bachelorette in America. Oh, my God. Wow. uh, And then she didn't get that. And then we now get these two girls who literally have their claim to fame is that they live where the dish is. Uh, and well, no, that's... no. Ellie was on The Bachelor previously. That's her we already forgot, Mog. We forgot. We forgot she existed. <laughs> She's nobody. 
She literally, when they when they tease The Bachelor, they have like a whole lot of boxes with question marks for the casting. Yes. Those question marks still exist in my mind. Who are wow. these people? Who cares? Wow. Get rid go. of them. I think, honestly, the real problem for 10, it, just if I can dive in, Rob, I apologise, um, is that they didn't deliver on their lesbian wedding scenario. They were selling it. <laughs> Like these two girls who I know you are sisters. You seem really hot up on that, Mark. Oh, mate, you still thinking about, about it every day. The picture where they are both in these light chiffon dresses they that look like wedding dresses. They failed to deliver for you, didn't it, they, Mark? It's not me. They just did the, the way deliver. they were pitching it, in, and it was all tongue in cheek. Even it was like down a sixty minutes promos. promo, wasn't it? Even yep. down to the initial promos, it was not cool. Because um, I, we knew they were sisters, but to sell it like, oh, what could happen here? Oh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, blind bat stuff. It's not. That's not the thing. Look, it, the really cool thing here is, is Seven had just the most massive week. Yeah. Um, mm. And and I would offer. I know that people are caught in the tradition of an afternoon AFL Grand Final, independent of the fact that these are let's call them artificially inflated AFL numbers because of the coronavirus, so many Melbourneites at home watching it sure. happen at the Gabba in Brisbane. Mm. First time for two of them, right? Nighttime and Gabba. Um, these are the numbers that Seven need when they next sit down with uh, Gillian McLaughlin and go, oh, yeah, hey, daytime buddy. daytime afternoon grand finals dead. Yeah, it is a primetime grand final from now on because look it shouldn't at be. the numbers. This is, these numbers are only existing because of those factors. Like, I know, and I said that. Uh, I, that. We, I know exactly. We had nothing better to do. Like, as a gay man, I should have been watching RuPaul's Drag Race for the 500th episode. <laughs> and instead, I'm watching the football. Malk, sorry, Rob and Robbo rang me to be like, hey, what's happening in Mardi Gras, a.k.a. at your oh, house? God. And I was watching the football <laughs> with a VB. And my, oh, my God, what's happened I to thought, you in lockdown? I will be honest. We're <laughs> really getting to Robbo and I, Robbo and I were able to catch up over the weekend. Yeah. We video called Ben to say day. Yeah. We actually do do that. Yeah. And I could not believe that. He was there with a VB watching oh, the goodness. footy. Yeah. And I thought... What hetero hell is this I've just entered? <laughs> I will just say that uh, when those girls rang me, uh, and that's Rob and Robbo, they were drinking. The reason why these girls rang Chardonnay? me was they wanted to drink my champagne because <laughs> someone had sent us some champagne. And these two girls are like, hey, Ben, do you mind if we can just tap into your other bottle of champagne? Cause, and I'm, I looked at the two of them and thought, these, go- these girls don't need any more champagne, but go for it. Like, to be quite honest, if this story makes the cut, I'll be surprised. Rob, the the interesting thing in what you said just before was seven uh, SAS Australia launched absolutely to great numbers. Lots of interest. Their advertising paid off. I think the show is good. Super solid. Seven reinforced it as much in their upfronts and said, we're getting season two. We'd barely seen an episode by the time that they had put that decision to, to bed. That's great. By saying that they finally found a show that can beat the block um, is, oh, look, I'm going to say that's a strong stretch uh in no small part because for the block we are now look i think we're about 25 episodes into this season to launch a new show up against that this late in its season uh on a monday night so not even up against its prime time tonight is when we're seeing the real game happen the room reveal which is always the big episode of the block up against another sas australia and i know chappelle's gone and i know what's the name Uh, roxy's gone and blah 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 fine um but that's the comparison you need to take the, the both shows at their best and just saying, because the block we know tapers across the week, and to say that oh, it did so well up against the second, like the first night after the room reveals of the block, it can beat the block. Mate, to be frank, there's lots of shows that broadly have beaten the block. 
we know that when we average it out and have a look at all of the episodes, it hasn't beaten the block. It beat it twice. But, Mark, it's still a good headline for seven. Know, and, and you know, last week they owned the week. And again, it's it how will you spin all the come numbers, down, right? as you rightly say, episode three is the key. What the ratings happen yeah. tonight yep. will give us the true indication of where it's Joe's going to Joe's the, the true indicator of this. Ask Joe. Joe. <laughs> what was block, I going to watch tonight? The, what were you going to watch? Was it the block or SAS? Like, you are a binge I, boxer. I was, yeah, I was doing SAS with the girls, but I probably would have flicked to the Block's Instagram page to check out the actual reveal. Reveal the yeah. second screen. Can I just ask a quick question? And I should know the answer to this because I did watch it as well. The Rugby League Grand Final were they big, huge numbers? Uh, they were. Uh, there was about a million difference, just under. Yes. Right, because that we'll commentary, we yeah, okay. But the commentary almost killed me. Oh, Phil Gould can go and take a long walk off a short pen with Pierre. Jeez. And I right. love Phil normally. Well, there was, there was, right? And Now, I didn't watch it, but there was a lot of commentary about oh, the commentary. my daughter was going My daughter and son were going nuts at the TV. Right. They were actually going for Melbourne, but they couldn't believe how... It wasn't just that he was so pro-Panthers, and you expect that. He's got a long history with that club. Of course, this you know, he has... Phil an, Gould? Yes. No, yes. Russ, yes, Phil, Phil Gould. Phil Gould, who I guess is a bit like the Eddie Maguire of the rugby league world in terms of being Former passionate about his... manager of the Penrith his, Panthers. Yes. Um, and I, I, I love Phil and he's a wonderful man for the game, do not get me wrong. But in a grand final, I just really felt like he didn't celebrate any of... Like, if you were listening to that broadcast and you weren't watching it and seeing the numbers, you would think the Penrith were up the whole time. Oh, no, no. Like, you wouldn't at just one think point it. they were like you wouldn't 20 just points up it. and he said, this is Penrith's game and it was just, I don't watch much Penrith football. Penrith had it was not weird. scored yeah. and he said, Penrith are winning. Yeah, like, it, was very, it was very <laughs> odd. Wow. And, and just the way All it right. didn't celebrate the Storm's achievements along the way, it was just, yes, it was And I think that's an important because... factor. All right, well, the Nine Network's Director of News and Current Affairs, Darren Wick, was charged last week with drink driving, being caught leaving an event at the network more than four times over the legal limit. In an email to staff, Wick has said he is taking immediate steps to get help to overcome his alcoholism. Um... I'm a bit sad by this story, Joe. Um, I think what it does is show how hard this industry is. You know, there are a lot of people in this industry that give everything over to the job. And it's a tough industry to be in. And a lot of people do drink. Uh, You know, like I've been known to have a few drinks on this very podcast. (laughs) Really? Um, Oh, don't be ridiculous. um, You know... Look, I was really shocked by this too, Rob, because um, I, I didn't, I don't know, maybe my ears not to the ground, but I certainly had no um, idea that that was something that was, you know, Darren Wicks sort of had a, had a problem with. And he's come out now and said that he, he has a long history and, and it sort of snuck up on him and he's going into rehab and and um, taking it very seriously. But um I think you're right, this industry is hard, Rob, but I think across the board I know a lot of people who have been caught drink driving and I certainly don't condone that behaviour. I've got two 16-year-olds that are just getting in their L's and and more than ever I'm really focused on how a a car is a death machine um, and there's no excuse not to be in an Uber. But I do think, um, you know, I just think that this is a private matter really. It's, It's really not something that goes to his job, I don't think, 
there are a lot of people, people close to me I know, who um, have lost their licence through drink driving. And I'm actually glad and the they network is sticking jobs. by him. Yeah. What do people want? He made a big mistake. Mm-hmm. He's going to suffer for that. He doesn't need to lose his job on top of that. You know, like he is a good employee by the Nine Network. He has helped that network stay, you know, number one in so many states. He's been a big influence on that news service and all the other news programs. And the last thing you need in a time of trouble like this is to be sacked over it. Yeah, I agree, I agree Rob. It, it's, it's, it, congratulations to Nine for standing by someone that they obviously celebrate and, and want to be supportive of. Um, it, it's... Look, it's it's a it's a terrible thing for Wiki. He he made his choices, uh, and for him to choose to get into that car to drive home wasn't the right one. Sure. Um, substance abuse is a difficult situation, and dealing with any kind of addiction is a challenge. And as he will absolutely work through as he goes through, you know, the program to help him deal with that. I I, I disagree with you um, that I think that it's oh that's kind of the industry and it can be a thing. I, I agree that there is alcohol plentifully available uh, at a number of television events and it's a little bit of the culture that doesn't make I'm not talking about events, it. mate. I'm talking about the simple fact that people work very hard and have a few drinks to re- relax and unwind at and night. And we all make and... choices. We all make choices. You know, I shove too much food in my mouth. Um, you know, we all make choices about what we do every day and the way we respond to the stresses in our lives. Um, yeah, but can I just say, it, I want to clap back at that because the thing that really frustrates me about that is that that's coming from Rob who's worked in the TV industry. He's had those pressures. And so for me and maybe you and a few others, we probably have never experienced high-level pressure from a network oh, from above on, to, like, to I'm know clap that. right back at you, mate. You have no idea what stresses I have faced or not faced in my life, whether they're by employment or by choice. Everybody. The purpose of what he was talking about. The purpose of what he was talking about was the pressures of uh, someone like him high up in television. And I'm talking. So I'm holding it. It doesn't matter whether you're sweeping, like picking up the wheelie bins and putting it in the back of a garbage truck. You can I think he was stresses. just highlighting something. Mulk, he was just highlighting something. He was highlighting something that it needs to be highlighted and maybe there are too many pressures for executives at this level. That's the only thing I was trying to clap back at. I was not trying to be mean. I was not trying to put you in your place. I just believe Wasn't and I believe it that they're in television specifically and that's what we're talking about. We're commenting about television. So I think it's an important thing that Rob highlighted that you know, without taking it away and going, oh, well, it's everybody, it's everybody. Maybe we, should look at, maybe we should look at the pressures that we put upon people in television. Maybe we uh, should be a little bit more sensitive about it. That's I, all. I, I love television as much as everybody here. Yeah, I haven't worked in it. That's, I didn't think that was a prerequisite to this. I will say that there are pressures that people face in television that others do not see or understand, 100%. Mm. There are pressures that people face in everything that other people do not see or understand. It doesn't mean that it's more prevalent that somebody that works in television should succumb to a substance abuse issue just because they work in a high-pressure job in television. That's that's not a thing. In fact, that's if anything... That's not what I was saying, Malk. Sorry, well, Mark, I was just saying? making that No, but I, I, I understand what Malk is saying wholeheartedly. A couple of things I want to say. If you're a big star or a big executive, you get away with it. Yep. You are You are pardoned. You're accepted. You are allowed to continue. If you're not a big star or a big executive, the rules are different. And that's what I want to say about that. I think it's a valid point to make. And Malk, also, I enjoyed clapping with you. 
Uh, just <laughs> so that the people uh, out there that listen to this, there's no animosity <laughs> between the two of us. No, I, no. I think the, the only point I wanted to make, Mark, I'm not taking away from anyone else mm. that has substance abuse issues or anything like that. Television is an intense yes. profession. Agree. There are very few industries where you are judged each and every day. Every day at 8.58, you get the ratings results through. You can turn your nose up at that, but what other industries do you get ratings results telling you how you performed the night before each and every day? On top of that, you are written about in the media. Anything you do is fodder. The programs that you make and produce are fodder. You're putting out fires all the time. Not only are you dealing with staffing, you're dealing with the media repercussions of everything that flows on from the position that you're in. Mm -hmm. I am not excusing anything. Wiki himself is not excusing anything. He is taking full responsibility here. Yes, and good on him for it. The only thing I was saying was that television is a high-pressured industry where there are a lot of demands on people. There are is a lot of pressure. And all I was saying was that sometimes people do turn to a few drinks to release that tension. All right, let's move on. And last week, Foxtel announced a new feature for customers to make navigating around their service even easier. Along with a software update is a new Foxtel voice remote, giving users the ability to search, browse and navigate all with the sound of their voice. This includes searching for a specific show, sporting team, actor, director, character, or even famous movie quote. You'll also be able to adjust volume, pause, play, skip, rewind. You get the idea. Oh, it's all with the brand new smart voice recognition technology. Mark, this all sounds great. That was just one problem at the launch, wasn't there? Oh, more than one problem, but yeah, let's start with the fact that it just looked really clutchy, and uh, the the head of Foxtel, Brian Walsh, who was doing it, um, had a couple of issues with it. Tell um, me it look, worked. It didn't work. Really? There was a couple of times Surprise. it didn't work. Oh, yeah. no. It was Poor amazing. Brian. In fact, if you oh. want to test it out, friends, just uh, put your speaker in, t- press the button on your Foxtel remote if you got it to turn the voice thing on. Hold your speaker up to it. You can't handle the truth. See what happens then. Um, it. it and and for mine, Rob, while this is a great thing that they're finally implementing, catching up to 2018 in smart TV technology. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, did you say brand new technology in that intro? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it was for Foxtel. Um, they'd already released the remotes with the capability, but they hadn't released the software. It wasn't ready. Um, it, it is... It just underscored for mine an underwhelming upfronts from Foxtel because the biggest, highest profile thing they had to talk about for their entire hour was Brian Walsh holding a Foxtel remote up to his mouth and talking into it. It was Which is diabolical. Great. I, I, no, I actually do get that. It, the problem is it didn't work. And I didn't see the Foxtel up front, so I just saw the social media commentary. It worked and it most just of the seemed time. very embarrassing. It didn't work all of the time. But are we surprised? I mean, God, I love Brian Walsh. He's one of my favourite people on the planet. But honestly, Foxtel, God, they annoy me with their technology. They're so antiquated. I mean, that... Binge is the clunkiest bloody 
mis- dis- disaster it's of an app. It's just rebadged KO. That's all it is. It is and it poker. has, they don't even have um, subtitles, which really upsets mm. me. If you have a, really? you know, my stepdaughter's yeah, deaf in one, it is problem. shocking. It is a real it's problem. It's actually, and it's just poor. It really upsets me because they have the money to do that and, and the technology. Stan and shocking. Netflix and Amazon Prime offer it and you don't, mm-mm, not cool. It yeah, is not cool. It really annoys me. Um, that is a really um, poor do you know how many Australians are hearing impaired? come with every program out of the US. Implement it, you slack bastards. Mm. All right, on that note, it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Joe. Thanks, Rob. The ABC and Screen Australia have announced filming has commenced in Melbourne on the new six-part comedy series Fisk. The previous working title was Entitled, and it's made by one of Australia's most popular comedians, Kitty Flanagan. Award-winning journalist Sarah Ferguson will be deployed to Washington, D.C. to take up a special in-depth reporting role for ABC News. Foxtel's sports streaming service, KO, will release some games and events from behind the paywall in a major strategic pivot that could change the way it negotiates broadcast deals, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. And Western Australian residents have once again outdone themselves, this time raising a staggering $46,331,097 for the Telethon 2020. The Channel 7 Telethon was broadcast live from the Crown Theatre Perth over two nights. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Joe. Nicely done. Now it's time to get the inside goss on what's happening in the world of TV and celebrity as we open the TV Black Vault with Ben. Oh, thanks for that, Rob. So nice of you to give me that fabulous little introduction (laughs) there. Anyway, uh, last week's that most people voted upon was uh, this one, which was get set to see one of Channel 7's personalities as they have been telling their mates that they have signed a triple deal with 2021. And I can tell you... That is Angela Clancy, who was on Big Brother this year. Really? Apparently, she's on ah. Holy Moly. Another wow. secret, another two secret projects. One of them is a the secret project is a reality TV show. The other one is not. What else can this woman do? Can she put lipstick on anything else? Well, I don't know. That I don't know. How weird. many pigs have seven got? <laughs> I like what you did there. I think I led you there. Anyway, yeah, uh, thanks for the people voting in for that one. Um, and this week's are. Number one, two upcoming reality TV shows have the same theme for 2021. And here is hoping, here is hoping viewers won't mind a double serving as they'll be coming out back to back. Wow. Number two, producers were inundated with requests last week to take part with people wanting to take part in their all-stars format as rumour has it casting for a back-to-win style format had been leaked. The show has hundreds of former contestants who think that they are the most iconic contestants. Hundreds. That blows... I was going to say Survivor, but it doesn't have hundreds of anything. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious what that one is. Are you saying it's not Celebrity? No, this is an all-star format has been leaked of this particular format and there's three shows when I read this out to my partner that he guessed it was and he got all three of them wrong. So I'll just quickly take one off the format there and it's not Big Brother. Okay, well, there you go. Interesting. Number three, SAS has given viewers different perspectives of some household names, but one contestant has been shocked that no one is interested in their attempt of a rebrand. 
Ah. Goodness. It's tough when you're a biggest loser ju- uh, judge, isn't it? Coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's not that one. Let me tell you. Oh. See, I know nothing. Oh. I know nothing, friends. Vote away, people. Though I will say, I've been telling. If you're a new listener to uh, TV uh, Black Box. Um, you can hit me up on my Twitter, on my Instagram, or my social media feeds, yes. and you can vote. Uh, last week, I had a record amount of people asking for that answer, Seven. which was Angela. When I say a record, <laughs> I mean eight. Not seven. <laughs> no, I'm really not. No, seriously. Six I or nine, Ben. Was it six I, or nine? Malk, you'd be shocked, but I stopped counting when I went over 30, so just letting you know. Well, that's amazing. Oh, wow. Much like Ooh. most of us with our ages, we stopped counting when we went that's over 30. Right. And that bring, that wraps it up. We're closing the TV Black Bolt, and we're closing this edition of the TV Black Box. Joe, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Robbo, it was great to have you back. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Uh, good luck to you. Ben and Malk, you bloody legends, thank you very much. Thank you, Rob. Thank you as well. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com for all the latest news, exclusive stories, and we will see you next week right here on the TV Black Box podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.